This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? It's going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery in collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. And welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Labor and Energy Show, along with J-Doc and Joe Krause, as we uh, come back to you week after week, J-Doc, with our primary objective, the main mission of the Labor and Energy Show, when it all started, was to educate the public and change the narrative. And to date, sir, you've done a really good job, J-Doc, with the guest lineup. Uh, we're making progress. We continue uh, to do it. We'll do it again this week with three ga- three great guests joining us here on the Labor and Energy Show. Absolutely, and our, and our launch uh, segment is no exception. I'm ecstatic uh, to bring into the program uh, Congressman Pete Stauber representing Minnesota's 8th Congressional District. Congressman, uh, thanks so much for joining us on the broadcast. Well, it's great to be with you, too. I'm, I'm happy to uh, join you this, uh, this afternoon. Absolutely. And so, obviously, we're, uh, we're talking energy, which should be a, a, a bipartisan uh, initiative. And there's so much realities going on. So let's get right to it. Uh, Congressman, there's been a lot of talk about mandating massive amounts of electric vehicles. Can, uh, California even wants to ban the internal combustion engine. And we're seeing uh, similar proposals at the federal level. Uh, advocates of these particular programs, in particular, ignore the fact that none of the minerals needed uh, for the batteries for these electric vehicles are mined in the U.S., despite the fact that we, we, we could produce them uh, domestically. Additionally, many of the minerals have been uh, refined in China. You've tried to highlight many of these issues in Congress. What response are you getting? Well, I think it's a great point, and it's a, you know a timely point. You know, I think that if policymakers, if they want us to transition to electric vehicles, we need to make sure that our mining, refining, and production is right here uh, in America. And I'm just going to give your listeners an example. You know, we uh, I, I believe that that uh, we mine and manufacture and 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 our production in the United States. Is, is uh, we, we have the best environmental standards and the best labor standards to do it. So if we're going to transition, it makes sense that these minerals that are used in our everyday life are mined here under the best in, uh, labor and environmental standards um, rather than relying on foreign uh, adversarial nations that use, for example, child slave labor. And I want to give you an example of, of what we're running up to uh, in our nation's capital. Uh, I'm on the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, and I put forward a piece of uh, legislation. It was an amendment that said the United States 
will not purchase any critical minerals mined by child foreign slave labor. And that went down on a party line vote. That's purely unacceptable. Um, and especially when we're talking about <clears throat> the, the minerals that we have, that we're blessed to have um, in our country. Uh, we have, we have the, the men and women ready, able, and willing to mine these. We just have to have administration that wants to change policies and change course uh, so we can mine uh, and manufacture and refine these minerals right here in our country using our American labor union workers. I mean, that's, uh, it, it, it's as ridiculous as the day is long. Uh, obviously, I mean, here's what I wonder, Jay Doc. I mean, talking about slave labor, who could possibly vote against that? Here's what I wonder, and, and, and Congressman, maybe you have a thought on this. How much of this is, and pardon the pun when I say this, fueled by ignorance? Perhaps it's not intentional ignorance, but it's out there. People don't know. They don't understand either what they're signing up for, what they're voting for, or what they're standing in the middle professing to be when it's not. Well, I think that I, I think that this the question gives us an opportunity to educate the American people. Uh, look at, for instance, just uh, with our oil and gas leasing. Um, 70% of a barrel of oil goes into manufacturing products that we use every single day. And this administration on day one uh, uh, declared a war on American energy and American oil. And I'll give you another example. In northeastern Minnesota, we have a complex. It's called the Duluth Complex. It has 95% of our nation's nickel reserve. 88% of our nation's cobalt reserve and over a third of our copper reserve in a, in a, in a, a find in northeastern Minnesota, as I just said, called the Duluth Complex. And this administration, the Biden administration, for political reasons, just pulled those leases. The, the, these, are, these are union members wanting to mine these critical minerals. And this administration for political purposes, pulled those leases. And let me just share with you, candidate Joe Biden in 2020 said that he wants to uh, mine more of these critical minerals domestically. Uh, and, and now that he's in the White House, he has reversed. He wants to buy these minerals from four nations. That is unacceptable. It takes leadership and it takes a push by the American people to say, no, we're not going to re rely on, on uh, Russia or China or other adversarial nations for our critical minerals, nor should we uh, rely on OPEC nations for the oil that we, that we can produce. We know that we do it better and cleaner, 40% cleaner from start to finish than any other nation. So um, I think it gives us an opportunity to educate the public. And, and when we talk about critical minerals, we use those guys in every uh, part of our daily life. Every part of our daily life, every part or the vast majority part uh, of manufacturing. Um, our critical minerals are used in our iPhones, our iPads, uh, our computers. Our uh, the Department of Defense uses critical minerals in the production of, of uh, our weapons that keep us and our allies uh, secure. So, so many um, 
things that we use in our everyday life that some people they don't they don't understand. Um, they think that maybe the iPad just comes from the store they bought it from, but they don't they don't look at the production and where those minerals came from and actually how those minerals were mined uh, and who mined them. When you tell them that right now almost a third of our cobalt uh, that we use is mined by child slave laborers, they're appalled. And as well they should be. And that's the, that's where we have to educate people. We have the ability to mine all of these minerals right here in this country. Then we have to refine them here. Um, and it's going to be it's going to bring great union jobs to America. And we have to push it. But we have to have an administration that thinks the same way we do. And at this point, uh, this administration uh, does not uh, seem to uh, want to uh, change course. We need energy. And and I'm a Democrat, okay? I, I have been a, a labor Democrat since I could vote when I was 18 years old. And like I said at the beginning of this uh, segment, um, this, this should be in a, bar, a bipartisan objective. Uh, what is the problem here? What is the disconnect in, 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 in regards to uh, the, the general public not being outraged when you talk about the slave labor, when you talk about our environmental and labor standards being 40 percent better than foreign entities that, by the way, um, we are, you know, we may be in adversarial situations with at the, at the blink of an eye. What's the disconnect? Is the media not picking this up? Or, you know, why, why isn't the general public jumping up? A lot of people who think they're for the environment but want to be advocate themselves off the planet in other ways. What's the problem? Well, I think that we do need to, to let the American people know exactly what's happening. And it shows uh, such uh, as this one and others that we can educate the public. And, uh, you know, we need to make sure uh, that uh, that we remain um, uh, dominant in both the mining and in uh, oil exploration and, um, you know, uh, uh, production, because our, the, the, our allies rely on us. Uh, and when we have, for instance, we have an administration that has uh, not given one additional onshore federal lease, not one, and they've given one offshore that was appealed, uh, and the, 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 the environmentalists won the appeal. So we, there's not one additional offshore lease. So when we, when we talk about this uh, reference to this administration, you have to look at the, you have to look at the actions, not just the words, et cetera. Look at the actions. And I, I just gave you an example. Uh, candidate Biden said we're going to mine domestically for our critical minerals, and then uh, he gets elected into the White House. Um, and he, you know, he changes course, reverses course on, on the people that need these jobs most. These, the, the fact of the matter, the energy sector and the critical mineral sec- sector touches almost every part of our society and every part of our economy. So why wouldn't you want to do that right here in America and, and allow American union jobs to do this? Um, it, uh, it's beyond me why this administration and many uh, leading Democrats uh, won't allow uh, uh, us to mine these uh, critical minerals. When you know, we both, all three of us know that we have the best labor and the best environmental standards in the world, as we should. And, uh, we still, and we, by the way, we still need these products. 
I mean, in other That's words, right. people, people, in my opinion, I, I call it the energy cancel culture. OK. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that um, I believe if you talk to your, your, your family members, uh, friends, neighbors, um, most people just don't understand it. We all think uh, that, uh, you know, we're environmentals. Everybody cares about the environment. Labor cares about the environment. We're not talking about, like I always say, Joe, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We want it. We care about everything. Like you heard the congressman say, our, our, our standards environmentally are 40 percent better uh, than our adversaries over, you know, overseas. Um, and, 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 and the fact of the matter is, is that it's a confusing, very confusing situation where we're giving up our potentially shooting ourselves in the foot and giving up our energy independence. And it's not like we're not going to need the products. We need the so, products. You're exactly, you're exactly right. And then, and then when we talk about uh, our, our energy policy, that's, that by itself is a strategic national security interest for us. Um, and, and we, what we need to do is we have to uh, elect um, leaders that support what uh, the three of us are talking about and what your listeners are. We have to uh, make sure uh, that uh, we are dominant in these areas uh, because you're seeing once there's a leadership void, uh, like Biden has done across the world, who takes, who fills that void? Uh, Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un, uh, the Ayatollahs in Iran. They feel that leadership void. Now look what's happening across the world. It didn't have to be this way. So what we need to do is 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 uh, extract these minerals and, and be uh, mining dominant again. And, and for those of you who don't know, I just want to share with you, northeastern Minnesota, uh, uh, mining in northeastern Minnesota in the district that I represent, mining is our past, our present, our future. And, and mining, uh, our future is bright with mining. We mine the iron ore. That makes 82% of this nation's steel. And steel making is a strategic national security interest for us. So you talk about mining, northeastern Minnesota, it's called the Iron Range. Um, very proud uh, tradition of, of mining. And now we have the opportunity to move into critical minerals, and we're stopped at, at every uh, opportunity, weaponizing of the courts. Um, it takes 19 years. One company's in its 19th year to pr of permitting. That's unacceptable. When just in Canada, in the same watershed, they had started a gold mine in less than three. You know, so we can do better in this country. We have to have the will, and we have to have the administration uh, supporting it. And uh, we have to eliminate some of the, the, the bureaucratic red tape that's involved in our NEPA permitting. Absolutely. Congressman, last 30 seconds before we say thank you and goodbye. And since we're doing a radio show, we'll use theater, as the, theater of the mind uh, as the premise. I'm dropping you right now, right in the middle of 100,000 social media influencers. Um, and I want to give you that 30 seconds to deliver a message that they can understand and then influence their circle of people so we at the end can continue to change the narrative and educate so this is this is uh, as you said uh it's not a partisan issue it's a it should be a bipartisan issue american issue mining dominance and energy dominance that 
That's what this country needs. And we do it better than anybody with the best labor standards, the best environmental standards. We have the union workers that are ready, able, and willing to do it. And we do it 40% cleaner than any other nation. And so uh, our, we are blessed with these uh, natural resources uh, underground uh, in the United States. Um, and let's, uh, let's bring back uh, uh, the United States to manufacturing energy and mining dominance. Yeah, and, 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 and I'll say this, uh, you know, it, it, despite the political differences, uh, 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 President Biden's done a great job for labor. It's time to pick the ball up with this and ignore it's time to get on this energy. side of labor, J-Dog. Exactly. President Biden needs to get on this side of labor. And, 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 and just, you know, cancel the cancel culture, the energy cancel culture. I want to thank uh, Congressman Pete Stauber uh, of, of Minnesota's 8th Congressional District uh, for, for, for being an, an advocate for our workers and obviously uh, our energy resources. Congressman, thanks so much for, for joining us. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, really you good stuff well. from the congressman. We'll get to our first commercial break on the Labor and Energy Show. Back in a moment. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. Now it's time for Did You Know? A public service announcement from the providers of this program. Did you know carbon capture and storage technology is one of the few proven technologies that can deliver deep emissions reductions in industrial sectors? Did you know? First chartered in 1903, Steamfitters Local 420 has been constructing and installing mechanical systems throughout the Delaware Valley for over a century. United by excellence, this local is proud to have worked on projects such as the Sun Oil Refineries, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and the stadiums for all our Philly teams. From helmets to hard hats, Local 420 represents the history of Philadelphia. Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, business manager. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast for potential clients and customers, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428 and ask for this radio special. Our partnership will enhance your business and your social media presence. Guaranteed. That's right. Guaranteed. And your monthly cost? As low as $500. Plus, you'll work with a 38-year media veteran and a Jacob Media team that dominates on YouTube and utilizes a bucket of assets that will support your professional podcast. All for the low monthly cost of $500. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the labor union community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. And welcome back, everyone, to the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. Special thanks, J-Doc, again to the congressman. Good conversation. You know, the value of the Labor and Energy Show, J-Doc, is trying to change the narrative through educating the public. Good conversation uh, with the uh, congressman. Uh, We roll on. Another good guest coming up. Absolutely. I'm ecstatic. Uh, to bring into the program uh, Mike Hackendorn, business manager, Steamfitters Local 74 uh, in Delaware, also the vice president, Delaware Building and Construction Trades Council. Mike, how are you, sir? 
Good morning. How you doing, Jeff? Nice, nice to talk to you guys. Yeah, nice to have you here, Mike. Absolutely. Sure. And, and this is a, a jobs and, and, and refinery segment um, talking about our, our workforce in the refineries uh, when it comes to labor in, in the energy sector. Uh, Mike, we, we had a conversation uh, back at the Delaware City uh, refinery uh, several months back. Uh, and one of the, it really struck us uh, when you talked about the jobs and the impact that, you know they have uh, on the state of Delaware, uh, not just the local economy. If you would talk about the Delaware City Refinery alone as it relates to jobs, particularly related to, to the steam fitters and the Delaware building trades. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, it has um, been an integral part of Local 74 and the Delaware Building Trades Council for uh, for years. It was uh, built back in the mid-50s, that Delaware City Refinery was, uh, built by uh, building trades, you know, Delaware Building Trades folks. And, uh, you know, it's been maintained. And, um, you know, any capital improvements, anything done there has been done by us throughout the years. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it means a lot to the whole area. You know, De- Delaware's a, a, a small state. A lot of people know that. But, you know, that refinery is a sizable refinery, and it, and it puts thousands of people to work every year. Um, at one point, it was the second largest uh, employer in the state of Delaware behind Christiana Care, the hospital system. Uh, I know they're second or third right now in the state. And, and when you talk uh, yeah. about the jobs, uh, talk about, obviously, their union jobs. Talk about the types of jobs, good pay, family-sustaining jobs. I mean, these are, um, you know, you know, these are premier jobs we're talking about. Absolutely. They absolutely are. Um, they, you know, my members that work there, the members of the Delaware uh, Building Trades Council, all, all the members that do work in, in and out of there around, you know, throughout the year, um, they make good money there, which in turn, when they go in there and they get their hours, go towards their, you know, to their pension plan and their annuity and, for retirement, they, you know, and, and all the things that unions are, are known for, especially building trade unions, uh, health care, right? So when we go in there and do a shutdown, um, which we're finishing up one right now, um, we had probably two hundred over, well over 220 pipe fitters in there over the last four or five weeks uh, from, from our area. And I would say close to... 500 building trades total, maybe 550, you know, and that's, that's, they're working overtime. It's a lot of hours. It's going into their benefits, it's going back to the union halls. And, you know, you know, what are these people, you know, they're, they're, what are they, what are they doing when they come here? And we, we have some people come from, you know, surrounding States some welders and such. You have some travelers here and there, but you know, they're, they're staying, they're staying uh, in hotel rooms here. They're using the restaurants here. They're spending their money here in Delaware when they're here, and, and it's 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 huge to, to the whole area, to the whole economy in in, in Delaware. It's exactly where I was going to go, Mike. Good paying jobs are good. Are our community help the communities and the state sustain from the revenue and all of the from all the different buckets, the revenue that's generated, tax base, the whole deal, the, the whole deal. Absolutely. <clears throat> I think um, a while back uh, there was a study done. I, I mentioned this to you guys before. Um, you know, for every job at Delaware City Refinery, every good paying union job that, that's going on there, 
there's eight to nine other spinoff jobs in our area for vendors and people coming in and restaurants and stuff that I mentioned earlier. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not just about the local 74 and dollar building trades. It's about the whole economy. As you say, as you guys were talking about, it's about our whole economy here. It's about revenue, the tax base, you know, this money's going into um, school districts around, you know, and, and Delaware City, PBF, Delaware City, they, they do a lot for the community that, that most people don't even know, you know, for the, the town of Delaware City and, and the surrounding uh, uh, suburbs there. You know, there's a lot of, they, they're, they're always um, willing to step up and help out with the food pantries here and, and the food bank of Delaware, and, and they're, they're involved in all that. So you're right, I mean, Joe, it's uh, it's about the whole community, and, and it's do, not just about the jobs. Does the general public understand that and <clears throat> and, and the impact um, on the local economy, the the, the statewide economy, uh, and the magnitude of of um, you know, particularly like we said, Delaware City Refinery uh, has on the whole state? I think to a certain extent they do, but you know that's why I'm glad you know you guys invited me on the show today because. I think it's incumbent on us to to try to get that word out even more. Okay, you know it's um, these jobs. If and, and there is people, you guys know this. There is people to be happy to have that, that place shut down tomorrow. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and these jobs can't be replaced. You know these these you know you you can go down there and make if if you work a full year there. You know there, there's you know some of my members can make you know. Eighty, ninety thousand dollars, or maybe a hundred thousand dollars a year there, you know, <clears throat> with benefits and wages and all that. And they're just you, you can't find jobs like that anymore in, in this area. You know, there, there used to be plentiful back in the '60s and '70s, uh, up to the '80s until the recession. But you know, those jobs just don't come around anymore. You know, like that. You know, it's uh, it's it's a job that that once it goes away, people are specially trained in these jobs. Okay, I have members in there, and Delaware Building Trades members, local seventy-four members are in there, day in and day out, that are help you know maintain that place and and work on you know capital projects to to keep the place going, and, and so they could be um, successful there in their endeavors there at Delaware City Refinery, trying to you know make some profit, make some money. Um, you know, these people are specially trained. To do this kind of work now, Mike. Let me just and, jump in there for a second because um, we talk about you know that you mentioned a couple of minutes ago. There are people that lo- would love to have this place shut down. Talk about the priority for safety, and obviously, uh, you know, th- to protect our environment. We know obviously that's a priority. That's that doesn't it, 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 that doesn't go unnoticed and uncared for by. Uh, you know, the, the workers and refineries. You guys put the utmost in protections in the refinery. Talk about that, because you would think that um, we're running roughshod here, uh, and it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the safety, the, that is, you know, from from Delaware City, you know, refinery, from PBF refinery, and the Delaware Building Trades, and all the, all the different trades that are working in there. It, it's, you know, uh, oil refinery, any in, industrial uh, work site is inherently dangerous, right? The work we do is dangerous. And you throw in um, high-pressure steam and 
um, you know, gasoline and different chemicals that are used in the processes. Um, it, it can be throughout the years, you know, there's been, there's been unfortunately some tragedies, you know, and not, you know, on all industrial sites, not just Delaware City, but it has gotten better over the years. I mean, since I've worked in and out of there for the last 30 some years, and it gets better and better every year. The contractors in there, they key on safety. And, um, and, and the protections. So, in other words, our standards for emissions and all those things are high. I want to get that, yes. I want to make that clear. Very high. Yeah, you know we we have made, you know standards that we meet on a uh, on a daily basis. Touch on that, and we got about two minutes. I want to talk about the community workforce agreements. Well, yeah, I mean Delaware has some of the most stringent environmental laws in the country, um, next to I believe California, and you know PBF Energy does everything in their power to make sure that they're you know running these this refinery here. It, the way it needs to be run. And they've done a really good job, <clears throat> excuse me, a really good job of it so far, it, it, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, there's been scrubbers uh, installed there by, you know, building trades folks, right, to help clean up some of the things in the past that weren't done back in the, you know, years back. Um, there's been a lot of pollution control um, different units put in down there to, to help. We just put a hydrogen plant in. Um, a couple of years ago, we finished that that job, and and that goes to help clean up the the marine diesel fuel because they had the um, uh, pollution standard that they had to meet by uh, uh, 2021. Um, so these things can be, you know, this, this refinery could can be, you know, and it is run at, at a sustainable and also you know within the environmental laws of the state and the state of Delaware and the federal government. You know, every day, day in and day out. And, and, and Mike, one last thing, because we know you have to go. Um, real quick, talk about uh, uh, the community workforce agreements that you're currently prioritizing. Yeah, so uh, Dollar Building Trades, we, we, we've been talking about trying to do this for years. Um, and it basically, what it goes to is uh, when you have state-funded projects, large state-funded projects, a lot of times you'll see uh, contractors uh, that are maybe from out of state to come in here and, and bring folks from out of state. And, um, you know, community workforce agreement uh, would actually put people from the community on some of these projects. They're, they're you know, taxpayer dollars, Delaware taxpayers are paying these dollars, right? Um, and it would take a certain amount of folks from that area where those, those jobs are being done from from the state of Delaware and, and put them on these jobs. And there's going to be a lot of them coming up with this infrastructure uh, improvements coming up in the state of Delaware, already starting to come out now. Fantastic. Um, and we, it's something that we've prioritized, and, and we're, we're trying to work uh, with some of our um, local um, legislators and state legislators to see if we can uh, – we can make this a reality because it's uh, it's important to the people of Delaware to, to keep folks here working on, on project they should be working on. It's their money that they're, they're spending their, their their tax dollars every day. Absolutely reminds me of the Build Back program here, in, or the, uh, the, the 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 program we have here in Philadelphia to build out the libraries and and uh, <clears throat> yes, you know, it's 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 a uh, and a lot of the 
recreation areas. Joe Krause. So Mike, one last thing before we let you go. We have about 35 to 45 seconds. So, um, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'd love for you to visualize uh, yourself standing in front of 65,000 people with an open microphone and you have 35 seconds to deliver one message to 65,000 people that you think is important for them to know, what would it be? Um, that, that jobs, you know, in these facilities are extremely important, not just to, it, don't look at it as a number. That job is connected to a family. It's connected to somebody getting good health care somebody having a good pension, be able to retire with dignity. And, uh, you know, we do need refineries in this country and in the, in the state of Delaware. It's not just fueling your cars and your trucks. It's, it's uh, they go in the, you know, with the byproducts go into hundreds and hundreds of other, other products that are used. <clears throat> and uh, I want, I just want the public to know that uh, this is something that is important to our state and to working folks, you know, in, in the state of Delaware. Absolutely. Well, Mike, we want to thank you so much for taking the time out to, uh, to, to, to be our guest on the Labor and Energy Show. And, and uh, uh, keep up the good work. That's Mike Hackendorn, business manager, Steamfitters Local 74, hey, vice president. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Thank you guys for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Mike. Well done. Yeah, well done. Well stated. Well done uh, by Mike joining us here on the Labor and Energy Show. Absolutely. Jay Doc, we'll get to a commercial break. Uh, don't forget, going into the break, did you know? Listen to our Did You Know segment. Absolutely. We'll get to a commercial break. We'll pick it back up on the other side. Back in a moment. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. Now it's time for Did You Know? A public service announcement from the providers of this program. Did you know experts agree that a technology called carbon capture and storage, or CCS, will be crucial to mitigating the risks of climate change? Did you know? What's a boilermaker? We're the skilled welders, riggers, and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge. We step up when others step back, and we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast for potential clients and customers, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428 and ask for this radio special. Our partnership will enhance your business and your social media presence. Guaranteed. That's right. Guaranteed. And your monthly cost? As low as $500. Plus, you'll work with a 38-year media veteran and a Jacob Media team that dominates on YouTube and utilizes a bucket of assets that will support your professional podcast. All for the low monthly cost of $500. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. 
And back here on the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in and being part of our Change the Narrative, J-Doc. Boy, good closing words from Mike Hackendorn to end our last uh, segment. Really, really powerful stuff uh, in that short synopsis. The Labor and Energy Show rolls on. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. I mean, you're talking about uh, the front lines, and, and Mike was fantastic. We have a, a, a fantastic guest uh, right now, and, and, and I'm ecstatic to bring on to the program Greg Lalavie, who's the business manager uh, of the International Union of Operating Engineers, IUOE, Local 825, and, of course, uh, the general vice president uh, for IUOE as well. Greg, how are you, sir? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you as well. Uh, Greg, the topic we're talking about is the need to maintain our natural uh, resources and industry. And there's a million different reasons. And Krause and I had a phenomenal conversation with you several uh, months ago on on this topic. And it really, really impacted us. Um, Before we get into a lot of the details... Well, let's talk about the need for energy education, uh, you know, for the public and our union community, including our rank and file and leadership, um, because uh, so many people don't understand the realities and the need for fossil fuels, even our own people. Um, but of course, the general public as well. Talk about that. It's absolutely essential because there's just so many taglines being thrown out there in the public. Uh, so many uh, pejoratives being thrown around, and, and so many of them are untrue or misleading about what the state of our energy is, what the future of our energy is, and how we truly get to fossil-free, if that's what people want to do, uh, and, and how, to, how to harness energy and how to keep prices affordable, because that's, that's another thing that uh, affordability is just an issue that's not being discussed. And it's going to hurt middle class people like like our rank and file, and I believe they need to know a lot more about what's going on and what is actually going to hit them in the pocketbook. Yeah, and it's interesting because even and I believe this, uh, even with our family members, uh, but I believe many environmentalists or, or, or you know so called environmentalists don't really understand the situation either. You know, it's. Uh, that the fact is that we have over 6,000 products, including many renewables that, that uh, are comprised uh, largely of fossil fuels. It, 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 it stunts me because I feel that people are going to advocate themselves right off the map uh, in, in this situation. Talk about that. Uh, you're 100% tr- uh, on point with it. Uh, by, by example, there's a project in northern New Jersey for the Passaic Valley Sewer Commission to add a combined cycle gas plant as backup energy. So what happens here? The, the Passaic Valley plant harnesses 25% of northern New Jersey or the state of New Jersey's sewage. So during Sandy and at other times, the power goes out and the plant backs up. And Sandy is the extreme case because there was literally human feces floating through the streets of Newark, New Jersey, flooded into people's apartments. And as the public hearings go on for this project, there's two things that strike me. The first being is that this plant completely complies with Governor Murphy's energy master plan. And the second is that an environmental lobbyist testified that he thought it was better to have human waste in somebody's apartment 
than it was to have a combined cycle plant that might run when electricity is out, which is estimated to be 10 or 11 days per year. That kind of disinformation is just absolutely off the charts ridiculous. Yeah, and a lot of our political leaders are, are um, you know, also misinformed. We've talked to um, you know, Congressman Norcross on some of the issues like the RFS and, and, and uh, the RIN situation, and he's incredibly knowledgeable. However, when I asked him about what, what his colleagues in the Congress felt about the situation, his answer was a lot of them just don't know it, about it. They don't understand it just yet. Um, that's the problem. Uh, as, as much as we have an advocate, uh, uh, you know, uh, in Congressman Norcross, uh, and he's doing everything he can to educate his colleagues, that can be a major problem when the political leaders don't understand it. It's a it's a huge problem because the there was recently a, a hearing in the New Jersey State Senate that had to do with energy, and for instance, one of the folks testifying was Princeton Zero Labs from Princeton University. Mm -hmm. And out of the mouths of Princeton University comes the the statement that the least costly path to get to 100% carbon-free is to do a mix of utility-scale solar along with new, not existing, but new combined cycle gas-fired generating that could possibly be converted to whether it's hydrogen or renewable on natural gas by by the year 2050. So, you know, again, to look at some of the information that gets put out or the opposition to a a project like the State Valley just makes us look at the environmentalists as if this is basically a a lack of information and to have Princeton University come up and lay a marker out uh, when I think there was a consensus that they thought as a university they would be in a much different frame of mind I think was a surprise to the the politicians on this particular panel, but a, a good surprise when we talk about the appropriate energy mix. Yeah, I mean the the reality is we have to do a better job at educating people on these realities. And obviously, when you get Princeton uh, University making that statement, uh, it should it should impact. Uh, environmentalists. It certainly should uh, impact uh, the general public. Uh, but the problem is, uh, you know, often in the, in, in the mainstream media, we aren't getting, that isn't getting carried. That's not, that should be on the front page, and it's not. Uh, there's, uh, you, you had talked about uh, the, the uh, uh, when we last spoke uh, about the products, the, the six, five to 6,000 products um, that are comprised of fossil fuels. Um, Let's talk about some of them, including the renewables uh, that are impacted. You talked about the wind turbines. I mean, people need to be educated in this to understand, um, you know, where, you know, what what the reality is. Oh, a- a- absolutely, and it's it's not that um, you know we are, or I think anybody could or should be anti offshore wind, um, but I don't think, for instance, that people realize that these are offshore turbines. And those of us who work in the industry and have worked in energy-producing plants that have turbines that spin to make our electricity know that each and every turbine is soaked in oil. So we basically have a bucket of oil on each of these turbines that will be out at sea. That doesn't mean don't build them, but we've never heard 
that discussion. We've never heard that issue addressed when we talk about this. So where where is the balance? And when you talk about the, the media, um, you know, there's a there's a an outfit out there called Affordable Energy New Jersey that has been asking for almost two years for the cost estimates of Governor Murphy's energy master plan. And it's never been covered by the by the media. The, the numbers are staggering and frightening. Finally, a, a few weeks ago, Tom Moran from NJ.com put an article in questioning the cost. There's people finally starting to ask the questions, but this energy master plan was introduced almost five years ago. So to, to pierce the veil of getting widespread coverage where Joe Public or our basic rank and file member might see this in the, in the everyday news, the newspaper, the, the local news coverage, has taken almost five years for just the drippings to start, no less the real meat and potato substance. Absolutely. Greg, there was a, I listened to a debate on a talk radio station about the wind turbines off of the uh, off of the Atlantic and how they were impacting the, the Jersey Shore towns. And what was evident to me in just listening as a listener, just consuming callers with thought with their thought process and their understanding and their impression is we're all wrong. We don't know what we're forming our opinion on. We're basing an opinion on something that actually isn't true. Would you agree with that? Uh, I, I would agree to this extent. If, if we were to look at Europe and Germany, Germany's made a significant investment in offshore wind. However, as we rolled into this winter and there was starting to be unrest with Russia and Germany gets its supply of natural gas from Russia, and there were the beginning discussions about whether to shut pipelines down, whether Russia would cut off the region from the resource. The, the German premier uttered that we're praying for a mild winter. That's not energy policy. That's ridiculous. Um, so again, if you had the mix, it's the, the offshore wind they've built can't do it all. They realize that. And if there's a geopolitical issue with their partner that supplies the gas, which now we have that, uh, they were coming up short in their energy supply for, for winter. That's, again, that's not policy. That's, that's madness. And, 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 you know, first of all, you know, Joe Crash, you said it right. This is part one of, a, of several se segments. There's so much thing might be part one of 12. Yeah, we might right. need to do 12 chapters with <laughs> Greg. It's good stuff. No, no question about it. Uh, uh, Greg, um, you, you know, there's a, a lot of, uh, you know, areas we can go to. Um, but you mentioned the gas situation since we're talking about gas in Russia. Talk about that, if you will. We got about two minutes, um, so if you talk about that, uh, yeah, can you imagine that? You got two minutes to say, uh, but just sure. That very, I think it's very simple. Um, this, mor this morning's news clippings: Russia has decided, for their reasons, to cut Poland and Bulgaria off of LNG. I believe in this country we have the supply, but we've been interfering with the construction of LNG export plants. We could fill that hole very easily, and our NATO partners could be taken care of by us and not cut off from the Russians. I believe that that's 
a geopolitical win for our country. Uh, so when we talk about things like national defense and, and national security, these things all go together with having uh, having an energy mix and being able to supply ourselves, take care of ourselves, and to take care of our friends. So that's a, you know, to me, that's a, a layup kind of thing to have if, if we were to be able to just take the Russian threat and call Poland and Bulgaria and say, don't worry about it, we got you covered. That's, that, that's what creates enduring relationships and, and geopolitical uh, stability and peace. Absolutely. There are no more hypotheticals. It's reality. And, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about facts. It couldn't have been said any better. Greg, uh, we want to thank you so much for joining the, the, the Labor and Energy Show. Um, you know, I'm sure the first of many, uh, many segments. And uh, we appreciate your time, my friend. Now, great, great to be here. Thanks. Great talking to you guys. All right. Good stuff, Jay Doc. That's going to bring to an end this edition of the Labor and Energy Show. Uh, we thank all of our guests today. Must listen to uh, information, Jay Doc. Good job uh, by you as well. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Labor and Energy Show. We'll be right back here uh, one week from today. On behalf of my partner, Jay Doc, and all of our guests today, I'm Joe Kraus. See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to tonight's labor and energy special. You can help. Call your congressperson before the upcoming midterm elections and join the movement to push back on RINs. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast for potential clients and customers, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428 and ask for this radio special. Our partnership will enhance your business and your social media presence. Guaranteed. That's right. Guaranteed. And your monthly cost? As low as $500. Plus, you'll work with a 38-year media veteran and a Jacob Media team that dominates on YouTube and utilizes a bucket of assets that will support your professional podcast. All for the low monthly cost of $500. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428.